What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's November 22, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 127. In this episode, I'll talk about how to build some nice round shoulders and the best strategy to lose body fat and gain muscle. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the most underrated things you can do to benefit your own health is to get some sun. That's it. Go outside, get some sun. Now, for me, living in the Toronto area, that's harder these days because it is getting colder out. But if you live in a good enough climate, this would be one of the best things you could do to improve your health. It feels really good, and that's where we get our vitamin D from. Going outside could just mean sitting out there, but it could also mean going outside for a walk, going for a hike. Now you're getting even more benefit by stacking those activities together. It's not always just about going to the gym and resistance training, lifting weights, blah, blah, blah. Going outside, getting some sun on your skin, if you can, that's enough to improve your health and the way you feel. Yes, we could get vitamin D from foods, but the sun is the best source, hands down. This could not only uh, improve your physical health, but your mental health as well, and could even help you sleep better at night. Like I said though, living in colder climates, now you're going to have to find it from foods at this point. There's a bunch of dairy products that are fortified with vitamin D now, and that's better than nothing. There's also those vitamin D pills, which I try to regularly take. Remember that lacking in vitamin D could lead to a lower immune system, so more chances of you getting sick. We don't want that this winter for you, okay? And that's why I'm so glad I've spent the last week or so in a hot climate. Yep, literally just came back from Hawaii. I won't give you all the full details, but if you know me in person, you know the real story. But long story short, it was the best vacation ever with my family. I got to hang out at multiple beaches, got to see some turtles, some beautiful sunsets, the golf course. You know, I got to talk about that. It was absolutely amazing great views even though i didn't play well but man i was on vacation so i wasn't stressed about anything at all of course i went to the gym a few times there there's a maui powerhouse gym over there on the island the rock's been there so that's cool that's right i was in maui i spent nearly 300 dollars on merch over there at that gym got some sweaters some shirts some tank tops and now that i'm back I can say that I did sneak into that gym twice at around like 5 a.m. I already knew I'd be donating enough money there when I got around to actually buying the gear that I wanted, and a day pass was $25. So yeah, that uh, wasn't feeling that. The workouts though, they were good, short and sweet. I didn't want to miss too much family time by being at the gym for too long, but 
they had these sick leg presses there, which were cool. I don't even know how to describe them, so I won't even bother. I've seen uh, Chris Bumstead use them a little bit. The gym atmosphere itself was awesome, though. The music was good enough to the point where I didn't even need my headphones. Um, okay, so what else did I do? I did some shopping, actually. I went to this store, Travis Matthew, that I never heard of before, but I ended up buying a shirt that said Maui on it. It was, looked pretty cool. And a backpack from there for because I needed a new carry-on luggage. Turns out, this brand is actually a golf brand, so they actually did sell some golf gloves there, but... I didn't end up getting any of those. The villa where we uh, that we were at, um, oh my god, I don't even know how to describe this either. It was a fucking mansion. We had family breakfasts and dinner most days. The pool at the back was wicked. I mean, the jacuzzi, hot tub, I spent every day in there. <laughs> There's like a water wall in the back too. There's like a fountain in the front, which is unreal. Nothing bad to say about anything on the vacation, honestly. I rented a lime green Jeep. I got this sick hat at the golf course. Honestly, I'm just spitting out anything that I can remember from the last two weeks. The last few nights were the wild ones, actually. Or a few days, sorry. I was really debating on what I wanted to do. And if you know me, I love being on the ground, you know, safe. I remember going zip lining back in the day, and that was already a bit scary. And I'll go and ride on roller coasters, but I don't really love it that much. Well, over there, I actually went paragliding from 6,500 feet above the water level, whatever they call that. It was up on Haleakala, that's how they pronounce it, and I went up for a 3,000 foot drop, and I have to say, it was super relaxing, and coming from me, that says a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, I posted some pics on my story about it, pics and videos. It was legit, just so relaxing. At first, I was like, nah, why the heck would I do this? But I'm glad that I did. Worth the money for uh, just for that experience alone. Being up there was super chill. Views up there were just unforgettable. That's not it, though. Even the next morning, I went for a helicopter ride. Another costly experience, but again, so worth it to see parts of Hawaii, West Maui, and Molokai specifically. Parts you weren't able to see... Uh, without being in a helicopter because you can't drive there or anything. So hidden waterfalls, largest coral reef in Hawaii, sick views of some golf courses that I didn't get to play at, of course. All the green in nature I witnessed is just, I don't know, I have no words. I'm so glad I decided to do those excursions. The helicopter ride, that was my first time on a helicopter. So towards the end, I was getting a little sick, but uh, I survived. Man, I mean, I'll just talk about this more on next week's episode too, because I could go on and on and Hawaii adventures for the next uh, next week or so. So part two next week, because if I start talking about the food or if I, yeah, if I start talking about the food that I had there, this episode will be like an hour long. But man, the weather was absolutely amazing. I can't wait to go back there, which is definitely going to happen in a few years. Now that I'm back in Canada, I'm on the verge of busting out the winter jacket, but at least I'm glad it's not snowing yet. In terms of TV, Ted Lasso, I started watching that. I've been flying through that show lately. Gone through the first two seasons in about two weeks. That's actually such a good show. Good balance of humor and serious stuff. The show itself centers around a soccer team and there's great team dynamic stuffs to overcome and all that. I can't believe I just slept on the show for so long. 
I only have a few more episodes to go till I'm done, and apparently there's no season four coming, so that is disappointing. Other than that, honestly, that's been my life. Some Hawaii action, watching Ted Lasso, been playing some PS5, but I'll talk about that next week along with Hawaii food adventures that I had. Life's been great lately. Question one, how to build awesome shoulders. So the shoulder is one of those joints that move through all ranges of motion or range of motions, whatever. It's supposed to be so mobile. We need it for everything upper body related. Building well-defined and aesthetically pleasing deltoids, that's the scientific name for shoulder muscles if I bring that up, that requires a combination of targeted exercises, proper form, progressive overload, and a balanced approach to your overall workout routine. So I uh, wrote up a little guide to help you imp- uh, build impressive looking delts. First up, when it comes to your workout programming, you need to include compound exercises. Compound exercises, remember that they involve multiple joints and muscle groups that help you build a strong foundation. So some key compound movements specifically for the shoulders include OHP, which is the overhead press. This could be done with a barbell or a dumbbell shoulder press. Now this mainly hits the front of the shoulder, the front part of the deltoid. You can also throw in some front dumbbell raises in there if you need to. You need to hit the shoulder from all angles as well, and this is where most people uh, neglect. Uh, You'll see, or you need to include more of this into your training. So lateral raises are probably going to be your best friend if you're trying to go after that wide shoulder look. And you also need to toss in some rear delt work. And my go-to exercises there are the face pull, the reverse pec deck too, which is great. Arnold Press is a great one for the front deltoid that I didn't mention as well, which I believe hits a bit of the side delt as well because of that twisting motion that's involved there. The thing is, you should also be throwing in a bench press. You should also be hitting your fair share of back exercises as well. These exercises engage the deltoids along with other surrounding muscle groups like the chest, triceps, or back and biceps when it comes to back exercises. That's basically this point here. Balanced training. Don't neglect other muscle groups. A balanced overall workout routine, including exercises for chest, back, arms, and even legs, that's going to contribute to a more proportionate and impressive physique. Before I dive too deep into this, I have to mention that you need to also keep a few more things in mind. You got to remember to warm up always. Always start your shoulder workout with a proper warm up to increase blood flow to the muscles and reduce the risk of injury. And another key point that you need to remember is developing that mind to muscle connection, focusing on the feeling or focus on feeling the target muscle, which in this case is the deltoids, making sure that's working during each rep. This mind to muscle connection can help you engage the muscles more effectively. And isolation exercises is the next one I have listed here. Incorporate isolation exercises that directly target the delts from all angles. These exercises help you emphasize specific portions of the shoulder and creates a more balanced look. I already just talked about it, but some effective isolation exercises, the lateral raises, front raises, rear delt flies. This is exactly why I mentioned the front raise, the lateral delts, the reverse pec deck. These are movements that isolate specific areas of the shoulder, which is super important to take your shoulders to the next level. And that one goes hand in hand with making sure you're using different angles. When it comes to the shoulder, this one even becomes more important. Performing exercises at different angles to target all parts of the delts. 
For example, target the front deltoids. You could do shoulder press seated or standing, barbell, dumbbell, kettlebell variations, front raises. To target the lateral deltoids, lateral raises are key. You can do those standing, seated, even sideways on a bench could be something you could do every now and then. For the rear delts, you got your rear delt flies. Try that with dumbbells or on the pec deck in reverse. I mentioned this already, but this is so important for building up the shoulders because the development of the lateral and the rear part of the shoulder really is necessary to build that full looking shoulder. All right, next point I got is varied rep ranges. You also need to remember to use a mix of rep ranges in your workouts to promote muscle growth and overall development. This includes lower rep, heavier weight sets for strength purposes and higher rep, lower weight sets for muscle endurance and hypertrophy. Especially for the bigger compound movements like the OHP, you want to be using a bunch of different rep ranges. Have some phases where you're doing three to six reps, have other times where you're training more in a 12 to 15 reps or something. You just have to make sure the intensity is high enough. That's how you challenge your muscles and all the different types of muscle fibers within the muscle. And that's true for every body part. Progressive overload. Next one. Okay. This one's so important to stimulate muscle growth, progressively increase the weights you lift over time. This can be achieved by gradually increasing the resistance, either through heavier weights or increased reps. I might sound like a broken record on here, but that's because it's true. Tracking your workouts and make sure you're getting stronger over time. This is true when you're trying to build up any specific muscles or even endurance-wise. Tracking your workouts and pushing yourself to get better on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis. This is one where I've been slacking off a bit in my own training, but now that I'm back home, I'm ready to turn up my workouts again. Now, keeping that last one in mind, yes, you want to get stronger, but you don't want to sacrifice form for it. That's why proper form, that's one of the points. It's so important maintaining proper form during exercises to target the shoulders effectively. That'll help you reduce the risk of injury. Focus on controlled movements, avoid the excessive swinging or jerking and maintain good posture throughout the, you know, the full rep and make sure you're using a full range of motion. Please don't be that person doing shoulder presses where you're doing half reps in order to do more weight than you can actually handle. Don't be that gym bro. And frequency and recovery, okay? Training your shoulders with sufficient frequency, but you gotta make sure to allow adequate time for recovery between workouts. Overtraining, that can lead to injury and actually hold you back when it comes to progress. If you're only hitting your shoulders directly once per week, that might not be enough for you to get the shoulders you want. You need to be consistent with your training throughout the week. If you hit your shoulders just once a week, at the end of the year, you're only hitting them directly 52 times a year. Now, if you're hitting them twice or three times a week, now you're looking at 100 or 150 sessions per year, which can be huge. This is true for every body part as well, but also you have to keep your own goals in mind, right? When it comes to building the shoulder, the workouts are one thing, but I can't move on without talking about the recovery aspect, important things like nutrition, your diet, hydration, sleep. You need to be on top of those because those are the times where you'll grow. What you eat will fuel your body and help you grow muscle more optimally. And so do adequate rest and hydration. That helps with muscle growth and recovery as well. So you got to ensure you're consuming enough protein to support muscle repair and growth, making sure you sleep around eight hours of sleep a night. And this is quality sleep. Remember that genetics play a role in how your muscles develop. So 
everyone's results are going to vary. Stay focused on your own pro- on your own progress and enjoy the journey of building strong and aesthetically pleasing deltoids. Question 2. What's the best strategy to lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time? I talk about this one a lot and that's because it's such a sought after goal for most of the people that I talk to. This one depends on a lot of factors, especially where you are in your fitness journey as well. Losing body fat while simultaneously gaining lean muscle is a challenging but achievable goal. It's not impossible. It requires a comprehensive approach that combines uh, proper nutrition, targeted exercise, adequate rest, and consistency. So the question is, why would someone want to do this? Well, because if you're looking to maintain a healthy body weight forever, you're going to have to put on some muscle. You could get to your goal weight by doing cardio and cutting calories alone, but when you stop that cardio, I guarantee you that weight and body fat will come back onto your body. This is why resistance training is the key to improving your health in the long term. Not to mention, when you're over 50, you lose bone density at a much quicker rate, so you need to lift weights to stay healthy for a longer period of time. Life becomes easier when you're stronger, bottom line. Alright, so here's some strategies that can help you achieve this goal of losing body fat, gaining muscle. The first thing I got to talk about, caloric balance. Creating a moderate caloric deficit to promote fat loss is going to be the key. You should be consuming fewer calories than you expend, but not to the extent that it hampers muscle growth or energy levels. You need to first calculate your daily caloric needs and aim for a deficit of around 250 to 500 calories per day. Now, if you're new to training, you'll notice that even in a calorie deficit, you'll put on muscle just because um, it's such a new stimulus to your body. But if you have a few months or years of experience, it'll be really hard for you to put on muscle in a calorie deficit, but it's not impossible again. This is why when I usually start with people for the first time, I have them eat in a maintenance phase, maybe changing around their macro split, more protein is usually necessary, or I'll have them in a slight calorie surplus so that we can put on muscle more effectively and boost the metabolism. Now, they might not be burning fat and building muscle at the exact same time here, but in the long term, it'll be a lot easier to burn off body fat because of the increased metabolism and their daily caloric enter, uh, allowance will be a lot higher. The thing is, when you're lifting weights, the scale may not move, but body composition is changing, so the weight on the scale may be the same. Just adding resistance training alone could be enough depending on where you are in your fitness journey. When you do it the right way, it takes a long time, which is, uh, which is what a lot of people don't understand. There is no quick fix when it comes to anything fitness-related, And no, Ozempic is not the savior drug some people think it is. So let me talk about protein intake. Uh, First, you need to consume an adequate amount of protein to support muscle growth and recovery. Aim for around 1.2 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. That's about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. High quality protein sources include lean meats, chicken, fish, eggs, dairy, legumes, plant-based there's i mean there are plant-based protein options out there protein is the building blocks for not only building muscle but it's used all over the body for all different kinds of things pretty much everyone's diet these days could use a little bit more protein so that's generally a good rule of thumb it helps with satiety so 
feeling full after you eat, that way you're not inclined to overeat and overconsume on calories. Strength and resistance training, of course, this is going to be necessary to build muscle and burn body fat because cardio won't get you there. You need to incorporate a well-structured strength training routine that focuses on compound exercises. Compound movements engage multiple muscle groups, aim to train each major muscle group two to three times per week with a focus on progressive overload, which basically means increasing weights or reps over time. You have to include both heavy lifting, lower Uh, lower reps, higher weights, and hypertrophy-focused training, which is like moderate weight, uh, moderate reps and weight, to stimulate muscle growth. Just like I said in the last topic, this is important. Switch up your current rep range that you're working with at the same time as being better with the diet, and you'll see your progress continue to improve. This is going to help you keep on as much muscle as you can throughout your weight loss journey. And cardiovascular exercise, which is still important, but it shouldn't be the main focus of your training. Include moderate intensity cardio exercise to support fat loss and cardio health. However, you don't want to overdo cardio as excessive aerobic activity can interfere with muscle growth. High intensity interval training, which I'll talk about in a little bit, that can be a time efficient option for combining cardio and muscle building benefits. This should just be used to achieve a net calorie deficit. This shouldn't, you shouldn't be a hammering yourself with cardio because you'll be setting yourself up for failure. Imagine doing a half hour of cardio every day to lose weight. Eventually that'll stop working, even though you're still doing it. The only way to keep on seeing progress would be to do more cardio. So that might mean doing 45 minutes a day. Again, you might see some progress initially and then the plateau kicks in. Now you need to do an hour of cardio every day to see the same progress and so on and so on. You're going to get to a point where life gets busy and you can't do the amount of cardio you think you need to do every day and you get caught in this vicious cycle. This is exactly why boosting your metabolism with resistance and strength training are king when it comes to losing body fat in the long term. Have your body do the work for you. So yes, cardio is important, but like I said, you don't want to do too much cardio. I used to be the guy who would do it every day for an hour on top of the strength training when I'd be cutting, um, but I noticed I'd lose so much more muscle that way. So a smarter strategy for me these days is to just do cardio every other day for around 30 minutes. That's what's working for me right now. And I may add in another day on my lazier training days or like an off day, but a typical work day for me is already 15,000 to 20,000 steps. So I'm getting my movement in, which makes it easier for me. I don't have to do as much cardio later on, but everyone's different. In terms of cardio, what you can do would be hit cardio if you're able to. This is high intensity cardio that might last only up to 10 to 15 minutes, but you're I mean, if you're doing it on a treadmill, you're sprinting for maybe 15 seconds or so, and then walking for a minute and then repeating that a few times, but you're sprinting for maybe, yeah, 15 seconds or so, walking a minute, and this can be beneficial because you won't lose as much muscle as doing slow, steady state uh, treadmill, Uh, and you're saving a bunch of time because you can burn more calories in a shorter amount of time. Those short short bursts of high intensity, uh, that's going to help you ensure that you keep on your muscle too. Just like the last topic, recovery is important. That includes diet, sleep. You still need to manage all four pillars of health properly and optimally. I got a few uh, diet-related ones here. First one would be nutrient timing. 
Consume a balanced meal that includes protein and carbs within the post-workout window, so one to two hours after exercise. That'll help you support your muscle recovery and replenish the glycogen stores. This one's big. Uh, and also making sure you're not eating too close to bedtime, which is something I've had to talk to with my clients a bit too much lately. I mean, maybe because we're all stuck indoors, but I'm I'm talking to some late night snackers and then wondering why we're not seeing any progress. Eating too close to bedtime isn't the greatest thing to do because that uh, that could affect the quality of sleep, which could impact other areas of health. And then we're having those foods and not getting the chance to burn off those calories throughout the day because we're winding down for bed already. So that has more of a chance of just getting stored as body fat. Healthy eating. Um, focus on whole nutrient-dense foods. Eat a variety of lean proteins, complex carbs, healthy fats, fruits and vegetables. You got to avoid or limit processed foods, sugary snacks, and excessive amounts of unhealthy fats. This one's pretty obvious. And meal frequency could be one to pay attention to as well. You got to spread your protein intake across multiple meals throughout the day to support muscle protein synthesis. However, the total number of meals you eat per day doesn't really impact overall fat loss and muscle gain. It's all about the calorie intake number at the end of the day. Something that could help your sanity would be progress tracking. So keep track of your progress, whether that's through measurements, photos, strength gains. This helps you stay motivated and make adjustments as needed. Don't just rely on one piece of progress tracking tool thing, especially if you're going to only use the scale as the judge. That's the worst possible one. And remember, patience and consistency. Achieving simultaneous fat loss and muscle gain, that's going to take a lot of time. So stay consistent with your nutrition and training plan and avoid drastic measures that could harm your progress. Remember that everyone's body responds differently and your rate of progress may vary. Focus on your own journey and celebrate the small victories along the way. And that's about it for today. I just hope some of those strategies help you out along your own journey. And that concludes episode 127 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.